Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. You know, the truth is about podcasting, a lot of us out there don't really leverage the entire platform. It's kind of like driving a Ferrari, but instead of driving it like a performance and sports car, you're driving it like a Honda Civic. You're never going to get the amount of success that you're looking for if you're driving your Ferrari like a Honda Civic. And today our guest is Neil Schaefer, and he's going to share with us how podcasters can better leverage the platform, build profitable relationships with their guests, and set themselves up for building a podcast platform that's going to allow them to accelerate their growth, whether that's getting speaking deals, getting book deals, scaling their agency, or getting more clients. The stuff that he shares in today's podcast episode is extremely useful. And if you have an interview show or just talk to humans um, and interview them, whether it's on a podcast or a Facebook group, you can leverage these tactics. Now, if you don't know who Neil is, Neil is uh, a teacher at the Rutgers Business School as well as the Irish Management School. He's also a fractional CMO for some of the largest uh, organizations in the world. I'm talking top 100, top 50 type of companies, as well as the author of four sales and marketing books. Um, two specifically that you may notice are Maximize Your Social and The Age of Influence. So without further ado, enjoy my episode with Neil Schaefer. In a world where ad costs are continually rising and prospects are getting more and more skeptical about who they can trust, how can you reach new people in a way that's authentic and effective? A place where you can build trust at scale and convert skeptical prospects into raving fans and clients. Hey, my name is Luis Diaz and you're listening to the Podcast Podcast Domination, Podcast Domination Show, the place for entrepreneurs and businesses that want to know how to build a podcast that helps them grow their business, get more clients, and build their brand. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. Awesome. Cool. So Neil Schaefer, is it Schaefer or Schaffer? I just I should start off with that. You nailed it, my friend. Got it. Okay. I used to have a neighbor named Mr. Schaefer and, uh, awesome old guy, awesome gentleman. So the name kind of brings back fond memories, but, um, in, in you know, New York, it was actually it was in Florida. Yeah. But he was okay, a New yeah. York native. So, you know, you know yeah. how people from New York, you know, my family, they're all, my, my parents <laughs> moved out here when, you know, after they got married, but yeah, you know, my, my dad, like, you know, they met at the, uh, 
the 92nd street Y um, uh. back in the day. So yeah, they're pretty, my dad went to Yankee stadium. He, you know, when it was like, I don't know, five cents to get in or just crazy <laughs> stories, man. <laughs> oh man. I wish it was still that price to go see a ball game. Um. I know, right? <laughs> Even the freaking bleach is a Dodger stadium, man, which you, it sounds like you're going to be getting used to if you're going to be living in that area. Right. Right. Oh, dude. I'm uh yeah so we had some funny email exchanges for those who are listening around uh my love for the Yankees and uh Neil here is out in Southern California so he's a he's a Dodgers fan but um he sent me some you sent me some good memes on the Dodgers and I had to <laughs> had a good laugh so I appreciate that man when you heard I was I was a Yankees fan so <laughs> hey you know on. what I will say that my good friend from high school he grew up in New York even though he's lived out here since high school he's a huge Yankees fan so when the Dodgers played the Yankees that last year before the pandemic we have bleacher seats he gets there religiously like <laughs> 3 hours early and he had his Yankees gear on in the bleachers and he got he got thrown a ball um oh, from really? one of the one of the players and he's like dude i've been a, i've never gotten a ball and handed it to his daughter and he went to Yankees fantasy camp for adults i don't know if you've heard about that I've never heard about this. Yes, pictures with like Bucky Dent and like all the yeah, it's yeah, he's legit. All like really into it. But yeah, baseball's awesome. Oh man, love it. Um, so for those who are listening to love baseball, this will this will not be an episode in about baseball, but maybe we'll have a side conversation or start a side podcast about that. But anyways, um, Neil, you are you are um a very very sought sought after consultant speaker. I've heard about your name for a while now, um, and it's really cool to connect with you on this podcast because. You're not like, there's some people who dub themselves like for me is I'm the podcasting guy. I don't really mess around in other domains. You've got a lot of various domains around different social media platforms and understanding how to help companies leverage social media and digital primarily as a tool, as a way to, as a way to grow your business for specifically for this podcast, before we jump into how you're doing it and how you're leveraging it yourself in your own, in your own business, I'd love to give people a kind of a 360 view of what you do, who you are share a little bit about, about the book you recently or a year ago now um, released age of influence. But um, yeah, give us a rundown before we jump into the good stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm like a lot of you listeners. I am a, a coach slash consultant slash speaker. Uh, my background before social media was B2B sales, enterprise sales and in, in software. Uh, interestingly enough, I did this in Asia. So I speak Japanese and Chinese, not something I use for social media a lot, although I do work with a lot of Japanese clients, but you know, when, when social media came about, I just started with a blog and I was in transition and, um, that blog led to a book, which led to companies saying, Hey, we'd love to have you speak for us. And then how can we hire you as a consultant? And I don't have an agency background. So, you know, my only mind, you know, at the time was, man, you know, I, I, I need to build a consulting business. And that's really where I started. Right. And, you know, along the way, speaking started getting paid for, and then, you know, Hey, can you teach at Rutgers business school? Can you teach executives, uh, social media marketing? It's like, sure. Right. So, you know, the speaking ended up to being, you know, some university teaching and also some corporate training. Um, and then I have this consulting, right. Which I've done, you know, group coaching and lots of different things over the, over the years, but I've never really had a digital product. It's always been very B2B focused like everybody else. And uh, yeah, along the way, I've written a few more books. So I wrote The Age of Influence. It, it got published in March of 2020. So it's now been about a year, but it's really about digital influence. And it's it's written for brands of how they should be better leveraging influencers. But, you know, the way I look at it, you know, once you understand the concept of digital influence, it becomes really, really powerful. Because if you think about it, influencers 
they gain influence because number one, they're, they're on social media, right? But number so they have a platform and number two, they're publishing content. And there's a few different ways to do this, right? You got bloggers, you got YouTubers, you got people like photographers that really leverage Instagram or, or, or TikTok. Um, and then you have podcasts, right? And it's, there's no other way, you know, digitally to really build that influence. And I think a lot of podcasters, I was at PodFest uh, in Orlando, just right before the pandemic started. And it was the first podcast event that I had been to, even though I've had a podcast since 2013 and now I have a second podcast, but, um, but it just talking to people, uh, podcasters, mm-hmm. they don't realize the power in the number of people they have listening week in, week out, the number of downloads right. they have, the, you know, the impact. I just tell people, you know, for those of you listening, if you have a website, how many views does a blog post get versus how many downloads does a podcast episode get? And I think w- w- what you begin to see is if you do SEO really well, you can obviously hit a home run on, on Google and what have you. But for most small businesses, it's just the traffic just isn't there yet. Podcast, part of it's supply demand, um, but it just, uh, you know, it, th- there's a lot more than just that. But that's it. That is one way to begin to look at the impact that podcasting can have. So when you're speaking, when you're doing recording, we're speaking in front of hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, and the content is lives there forever. And whenever someone subscribes to your podcast that hasn't subscribed before, they often will start to download the, those old episodes. I'm still listening to Smart Passive Income, like January, 2019, right? It's taken me a year to you yeah. know, get through four years, but anyway, but that's sort of how it works. So it, it's a compelling medium. And I think that most podcasters really take it for granted and once right. they understand it, I think it becomes a lot more powerful. Right. I, I love, I, I really appreciate that because I can personally attest to the not kind of discounting myself or discounting the importance or the power that you have as a podcaster. Um, I remember in 2016, 2017, I grew a podcast and people were asking how I did it and I was getting emails and stuff and they're like, people were enjoying the content the one to hire me. And I was like, didn't think I had that many people listening. I didn't have that a couple thousand people listening a month and that was it. But that's a lot of people when you think about it and not just looking at those people as just numbers. You actually, those are human beings like filling a stadium or filling an event with a couple thousand people is a big job. It's a big deal. So having a podcast yeah. with that many listeners is the equivalent. Um, so I think that's really important. You mentioned there the ability to understand what you have at your, at your disposal as a podcaster, as an influencer, whether you're, no matter what platform you're on now for, I, I'm curious because the understanding that influence and you understand how to leverage it, I think are definitely two different things. Um, I'd love to dive in a little bit, Neil, if we could around what are some, maybe some best practices or some things that you've seen people or podcasters do to really maximize the platform of podcasting. Um, and this may be a huge question. So feel free to unpack this as you want, um, or take it from a different angle, but, um, but yeah, I really want to figure out and dive in to get some tactical things around how to leverage the platform best as possible. Yeah. So, you know, this second podcast that I launched recently, the, the first podcast I launched is an example of content marketing, right? I got a blog. I've done some YouTube videos, but it's not really, you know, it, it it's not my thing, but podcasting, I'm a speaker. It's sort of a natural. So I actually got started doing it a little bit the wrong way. I think if you just look at it as content marketing, it, it, it's going to be harder to fulfill the objective. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But I think the second podcast I started is with co-host Amanda Russell, and she just published a book on influencer marketing as well. And we both teach at universities, you know, digital marketing. And so it's like, you know, we have so much in common. Let's let's create something together. 
And I have a platform because I've been blogging since 2008. I got a pocket. She didn't have anything, right? Um, because she was a big YouTube influencer in the in the fitness industry, but she didn't really have a platform for uh, you know what she does now and with the book coming out. And you know when we talk about objectives, it's like, well, you know, where do you want to take this? She goes, you know, I want to be able to get access to business leaders. To she also teaches at University of Texas Austin, so to other like educators, right, um, and other thought leaders. So what happened as a result of that was, well. You can do, you know, YouTube. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. I know, like, it's it, it's incredible the amount of effort that goes into doing that, right? And the blog, she's like, I I don't have time for that. It's like, okay, I go, what about podcast? She goes, I know nothing about that. It's like, it's like, let me help you, right? So because I've done it before, like yourself, you understand how how things work and how to get, and it's still a lot of work by no means, but we're able to do that. I'm, I'm like, look, with the podcast, you can use that as leverage to reach out to people. And believe it or not, people love to be interviewed on podcasts. And, and, you know, we reach out to business leaders. Like we had the, um, one of the co-founders of CarMax, right? And he's never been on a podcast before. He's like, did I do okay? And this is like one of the most successful entrepreneurs I've ever met. And he was just happy to share his experiences and advice. Right. But the powerful thing is number one, you're getting access to people, inviting them to be on your pod. Number two, now you have someone that when you reach out to new people, you say, hey, I've already had so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so on my podcast. And then number three, the listener immediately establishes credibility that you're you know, interviewing that caliber mm-hmm. of people. Now, yep. Amanda, um, through various means, and, and you know, uh, yesterday we recorded an episode where we interviewed Rand Fishkin, founder of Moz, and now he has a, a tool called SparkToro. And he's someone that I know, right? So there's people that she knows, there's people I know. So the first 10 or so episodes, I think it's really important that you do your best to bring in the most influential people you know. And if you've been doing, you know, coaching, consulting, I mean, you know, business leaders, right? Or maybe you can get introductions, or maybe you go to some of your favorite podcasts, you listen to some of the people that you really love, and, and maybe you get introductions. I mean, I don't know, right? But that's what really sets the tone. And if you already started your podcast and, and you didn't do that, that's fine. I mean, you could, you could, you know, shift gears, but I highly, this is how you leverage that influence. And it's helping a man to meet her objective of being able to meet all these business leaders or get back in touch with people that she's known and has lost touch. It's like, Hey, I got the book out. And now the book is top of mind with her network. Right. Um, and she's refreshed that renewed that now that connection and it's led to new business opportunities. So that's sort of, you know, that, that guest approach um, I think it's really, really important to really think strategically because as you get going with the podcast, and I mean, you know this yourself, you get tons of people that reach out to you because they all have their own objectives. You got to navigate through that and really find those people that you think will push the ball forward in terms of what you want to achieve, the people that you want to meet, the people that you want to learn from, and the people that are going to help your podcast establish credibility with, with people that already know you as well as people that don't know you. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, the, the, the thing I appreciate what you said a, when you get a podcast that's a guest-related podcast, people are going to reach out to you with their own agendas, and it's your job as the host to filter through that and figure out, like you said, are they going to be able to align with the mission that you're you're you set up set up on this set for this podcast? Um, we actually had a great speaker this reminds me last week come in for our private clients, and he talked about uh, really understanding like having a top one hundred. We've probably heard this before from. Uh, Russell Brunson having a dream 100 your podcast should have a similar concept around being able to look at like here are the top 100 people I want to meet and bring on the podcast to network and and, and establish these these uh, foundations with these people these relationships and 
he took us through some cool things. So I want to kind of dive deeper, Neil, and figure out like for you, how do you like when you're strategically thinking about what guests to bring on for you, where do you search for these people? Where do you find them? And how do you go about like maybe reaching out to them? Yeah. You know, right now, um, in all honesty, the, the school of influence, which is the second podcast that I've launched, we're really just going through people that we know. Um, and when I say people, we know either people we personally know, or we're, we're, we've heard their podcast, we've read their book. Um, you know, we've somehow know them, know about them, right? Just, just, these are just natural people that are sort of leaders in the industry. So, you know, if we know them directly, obviously we can reach out directly. If we don't know them, it gets a little bit tricky. And that's where, you know, I think using the power of LinkedIn and seeing who might be able to introduce you to that person is one thing. There's obviously contact forms and believe it or not, you know, people, you know, they may not themselves read those inputs in the contact forms, but they do have people reading it. And I think that's where it it, it has to be compelling. But here's where my sales background comes in, because you're not going to convert everybody and that's fine. It's a percentage. So if you're trying to get one or two people, you got to reach out to 10 or 20. And that's just the nature of the game. But knowing that with every one or two you get going forward, it gets easier. And I've had people reject me. And I'm saying, you know, I'm going to keep, you know, when I asked why weren't you interested, they'd say, oh, just the timings. I was like, okay, I'm going to, a few months from now, I'm going to contact you again, right? So um, it's it's that yeah. sales salesman, saleswoman, salesperson mentality that I think really helps. And it's okay to get rejected. Um, but I believe that if you have a specific mission, and you're very clear about that mission in your outreach, right? Mm. In addition to the other people that you've had on to show your credibility, that's going to be really, really important to yeah. see if they are philosophically aligned with your mission. And that mission, you're, it's not only for the filtering of people that come on your podcast. It's also, what are you going to talk about? It's also during the interview, always thinking in the back of my head, that avatar that I wrote that mission statement for is this episode fulfilling the mission. When I have that intro music go on with what this podcast is about, does every episode align with that? And this is where mm -hmm. I see so many podcasters, they go awry. Um, either they have the wrong people that they're interviewing, or they're just going off on topics that it's like us talking about baseball. This isn't a baseball podcast. It's not why people right. subscribe. A minute or two is fine for banter, but you got to get back to why people are listening to you. Once you start to veer from that, right? Like, yeah. hey, this is a podcast about social media marketing. Then all of a sudden they start talking about Google ads. It's like, whoa, that's not why, you know, you promised me. So what's going on here? And I've unsubscribed mm -hmm. from many podcasts because somewhere along the line, people veer away from that, that mission statement, which is so critical. And so many people forget about its importance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can't like that's, first of all, alignment with the what you, what you promised them in the title. And I know we're talking about like kind of we're going off into outreach here, but like you said, the mission and having that really, really like aligned with every single episode, everything you talk about is related to that core concept of that core mission of like helping maybe, for example, like helping a thousand podcasters get to their first 10,000 downloads. I don't know. Um, whatever that core mission is, I think that's really, really important. And that, like you said, it creates a filtering process for you to see, is this person aligned with my podcast? Yes or no? Are they going to help push the mission forward? That is huge. And then the second thing you said there that I really, really want to echo here is that like with every yes, the podcast building or kind of stating a case as to why people should be on your show who are bigger and bigger and bigger becomes easier because you now you have all these names as almost as people who you can reference, like references on a, on a, on a when you're applying for a job. Yep. So that that is absolutely huge. And then the last part you said here, which is a really ninja tactic around, hey, why did you say no when people deny you or if you maybe like... Maybe if you go to pitch yourself on a podcast, this can work the same way. 
oh, the timing's bad. Okay, cool. I'll I'll sign. You know, I'll reach out in, in June. And literally, I've done that with like Neil. Like when we first connected, I had a couple of the people that I reached out to, and they're like, ah, we're kind of booked up until January or, or July. I'm like, no problem. I tell my assistant, we'll make a note, put it in Asana. We'll reach out in, in July. <laughs> yeah, it's no and, problem. And two more things, and I found this accidentally. Um, that. Well, they, they both relate to the same concept. The concept is WIFM. And if you're in sales, mm-hmm. you know exactly what this is, right? <laughs> What's in it for me? And this is where most people that do the outreach fail. And in fact, this is influencer marketing. You trying to get, you know, big names on your podcast, that is influencer marketing, right? When podcasters have 100% interviews, I'm like you, I, I don't do mainly solos. I do like 50% solo, 50% interview, but um, that's influencer marketing. Man. You're trying to reach out to someone that has greater influence than you in hopes of bringing them on your show. Maybe they're going to share your episode with their network. That's icing on the cake. Doesn't it, it happens not, not often, not as often as we'd like to see it happen. Right. But it's the fact that it builds that credibility. Right. So that that's one thing. And what's interesting when we talk about the what's in it for me is, is that outreach. Dude, if you're, if you're a coach, it's like, you know, I offer one hour free coaching. Everybody who comes to my podcast, I do, you know, I can offer you a free webinar training to your employees. I mean, if you're reaching out to someone that influential in the industry, why wouldn't you go head over heels to provide them that incentive, not just to get them on the podcast, but to make them become a customer. And that is absolutely what I would do. I mean, I I went through this when I published the age of influence I challenged myself to get onto 100 podcasts in 90 days. I pretty much was able to do that. That once again, a lot of work. I mean, you know, uh, as you know. Um, and it's like, hey, can I send you a copy of my book? I mean, that's $25. But some people are like, oh my God, thank you so much. Right. And then I had people like in Eastern Europe that that were, you know, influencers that they couldn't easily buy the book there for, for whatever reason. Right. So sometimes little things, but it's always what what is the incentive? And here's the, that, that's the main piece. What, what incentive can I provide them? Right. And whether you want to reach out to someone for a backlink to your blog, it's the same thing. What's the incentive? So the second piece is what I found accidentally, but what I've heard other people validate is every influencer wants to push something. So if you happen to reach out at a time when they're doing a launch for something, boom. Right. So I reached out as part of my mission, I reached out to a pretty famous author who just happened to be publishing a book in the next few weeks, who is also looking to get on a number of podcasts. So I actually asked him for a blurb. I'd never met him before. I got the blurb, but he's also like, I'd love to be on your podcast. To him, that was the incentive that he could be on my podcast, right? So sometimes, and I've heard others like get Seth Godin on their podcast because they reached out to the right time, right when he was releasing a new book. So often if it's an author or if it's it's a company putting on a new product, if they want to promote something and you're there at that intersection, boom, that's what's in it for them. And that sometimes alone would would be enough to get them. So some some things to think about. I mean, we, we got to get really strategic yeah. about this, you know. Um, but I think those two things will really, really help you be a lot more effective with your outreach. Yeah, I, I just want to echo because like you just you said something really, really important there. And that is like it's just, you just kind of said it in passing around uh, an example of how you can get someone on your podcast, for example, giving someone a free hour of coaching. Or if you're a, you run Facebook ads, hey, I'll do it. I'll do a full audit on your ad account and help you pinpoint where you can be increasing your conversions or lowering your ad spend. That is amazing. And that not sets you up as the expert for free. So you got them on your podcast. Now you have a free hour with them to analyze the stuff and kind of show yourself. Um, 
I love that. I love that a lot. That was that was amazing. You so know, thank you for sharing it, that. Oh no worries. I mean, I've I blog about you know digital marketing and social media marketing. I used to run my own conference called the Social Tool Summit, which was about like marketing technology. So I have all these tools company. Even today, I got like two different tools companies reach out to, hey, you know, we just started affiliate marketing. It's like, well, who cares? Um, but the ones that go, Neil, we really want to get your impact. We really want to get your input. And I find that it's a tool that meets my needs. And they offer me like free lifetime access. Boom. Right. And some of the tools that I've been, you know, evangelizing in my blog to my clients on stage are a lot of those tools where we've been able to create a friendship, right? The ones that say, you know, we'll give you a free seven day free trial. Well, dude, I can get that anyway. If I go to your website, remember when you're working with people that you're doing outreach to, there's only a finite number of people on your dream 100, right? You're not reaching out to anybody and everybody. You really want to treat them like royalty and respect. And you don't want to send a blast email out to a hundred people. It needs to be personalized. This is PR, right? So you really need to think, you know, that, that WIFM, like, you know, it, it's like, say, Hey, post this on Instagram. We'll pay, we'll pay you a $25 Amazon gift card. It's like, I don't really care. $25 ain't worth my time. You know, what's it worth? Like one minute of my time. So, um, and then I'll, I'll never speak to that brand again. And, and sometimes I'll block them. So these are the things that you need to understand. Think of it from the other person's perspective. This is sales 101 and try to find the solution, do your homework, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're a fat Facebook ad expert, by all means, that that's, that's incredible. You know, we have, and I think I, t- I teach this to the brands as well. And I write about in the age of influence, we have tremendous IP, right. As professionals, as consultants, as coaches that we can provide them, you know, we have to figure out the package and how we deliver it and, and the whole process. But just the the art of doing that, or hey, you know, I have I have you know group coaching masterminds every week. I'd love to have you come in and promote your product and 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 be a guest on ours, you know, next week. Whatever it is, there's something you can provide them. Do that, right? And that's going to differentiate you from the 99% of other people that are doing the spray and pray approach. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and and kind of understanding what is your skill, what is your talents, if you will, and then saying, okay, I'm an expert in organic marketing. I'm an expert in email marketing. Um, if you've got one of those domains or whatever it may be, then you could totally leverage that and people will find value. And I remember when I started my own first podcast, I didn't realize that podcasting was a skill. I bought an $11 course and taught myself how to do it and I failed. Then I learned the, learned how to do it. So I didn't realize I'm like, anyone can do that. I'll send you the link to the course. And, um, I didn't realize it was a skill. So looking at like, what can you offer value to get this, that per, people from those that specifically that dream 100 onto your show and potentially maybe into a, a way where you can demonstrate your value in other, in other areas. That's huge. Um, so I really, really value and appreciate you saying that Neil. Um, and then we kind of, you kind of mentioned also, uh, the, your book, the age of influence there and understanding how to like, how to leverage that in other areas, um, of your, of your life or at, kind of in your business. Um, I want to kind of transition a little bit here. So we've talked about really good stuff around bringing big guests onto the podcast and then also um, what can, can we value or offer them? That's going to be really, really good. Um, in terms of after the podcast is over, how do you like personally for you, if, if any at all, like how, what have you found to be really helpful in terms of follow up or reaching out or um, specifics around kind of nurturing the relationship after that? If you've got any, um, ideas or, or ways that you've, things you've seen uh, really effective? Yeah. So, I mean, there's the initial, Hey, we just published the, the episode. We'd love if you share it. You know, I put, I have a pay, I don't do individual blog posts for each episode. 
I have a page and it's like, hey, I included some links back to your website. And there's a lot of people who just want to get on a podcast for the linkage these days for the SEO value. But you know, when I when I deal with you know famous entities, like, hey, these are links I have, these are, this is the description, these are the graphics that I'm going to use for social media. Do you approve of these? Do you want me to make any changes? So I give them the ability to to reply back to me, right? Um, and by the way, you know, if you can share it, you can here's the link. And it, it really frustrates me when when you know a podcast episode is published, like when I'm the guest, and then someone reaches back out to, hey, it's been published, feel free to share it here. So it's like, well, what link do I want to send them to? Right? Like, tell me, is it is it Apple Podcasts? Is it Spotify? Is it, you know, and so many people forget to do that. So don't don't be one of those. But, you know, uh, that will sometimes get, hey, could you, you know, make it this link instead? And, and if, if I correct it for them, it's, they sort of feel obligated. So the, the law of reciprocity that they should go and share it. So I do not expect my guests to share it. If they do, it's icing on the cake. But I do try to keep back in touch. And I think, I think that the guy who I have a lot of respect for, who I think has been really good at this is John Lee Dumas. So I was lucky enough to be interviewed in Entrepreneurs in Fire. With every launch he has, he reaches back out to his guests as part of his tribe, right? So here's the thing. If you if you want to maintain that relationship with these people you have in your podcast, you know you should be keeping in touch with them. You should be looking at what they're doing. So John just came out. In fact, I got a copy here. He just came out with the Common Path on Common Success. So this literally just published yesterday. I just got it yesterday. And he had, um, he, I reached out to him for like a, a blurb for my book. And I'm like, hey, you know, if, you, if I can ever be of any help, let me know. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to be on your podcast, right? Getting back to authors coming out with books. So he was on my podcast. This is before the book, right? He was just on there just because he's JLD and he does a lot of amazing things. And then he talked about how he's coming out with his new book, Right. So I said, John, I'd love to help you. I actually, for free, I said, can you create a pre-roll? He created a minute and a half pre-roll leading to his pre-sale page. And I had that, I put that up as a pre-roll on all of my episodes for two weeks for free to support him. That's the type of thing that if you want to maintain the relationships, give, 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 give. And I had him on, I just published the episode last Friday, uh, I had him on both the School of Influence and my own Maximize Your Social. I'm a big fan. I really want to support him. And people remember those things, right? So go above and beyond. Keep an eye on all your past guests that you want to maintain the relationships. Look for opportunities to serve them and use your podcast as a platform. The ability, I'm a Buzzsprout user, right? Love Buzzsprout. And they recently added the ability to add a pre-roll and a post-roll to all your episodes, right? Use that strategy. Don't think of, I don't, you know, for all of you listening, you're probably like me, like a little bit of like advertising revenue is nothing compared to the revenue you get when you get a new client, right? So we don't do it for the advertising, right? But you can use the same concept of that pre-roll to promote. You can promote your own thing, but when you promote others, that that's just a really, really powerful mechanism. Um, and obviously, you know, when, when JLD recorded it for me, he, you know, he spoke highly of me in that recording. So it's, he's also speaking well of me, I'm promoting him. And that's how you solidify those relationships over time. Yeah, that's the huge piece. So JLD is a legendary for doing things like that and legendary for like, he's built this huge Rolodex and now he leverages it for all of his launches, his book launches, new courses. And yeah. I've heard that intro you're talking about for those who are interested, go to go to neilshaffer.com. It'll be in the show notes and just click on, go to podcast. Well, it is 
I'm going to make sure. Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, it's already been taken off because the book is now on. Yeah, it was a (laughs) pre-sale. So, and I said it was on for like two weeks, but yeah. And some people like tuning into my podcast may have like, why is John Lee Dumas, you know, what's he talking about here? So it's, it's such a good pattern interrupt too. So I think, oh man, you you just brought up a whole new world of like, first of all, Buzzsprout, Um, kudos to them for adding that dynamic insertion ad for dynamically inserting the intro and the outro that's a game changer for for you guys if you have new products coming out new new books you can literally mobilize your entire catalog which is huge um so i think i want to say captivate's doing something like that i'm I'm a captivate user love captivate but i've heard great things about buzzsprout as well um i'm hoping they come out with it soon um if you guys are listening to this please let me know (laughs) i I had uh you know in, in total transparency um some of the people I got introduced, I, I had a, a guest from Australia and he introduced me to Wishka, which are like the Australian Captivate. They're like, they're the biggest in the podcast and they're like the Libsyn of Australia. Right. Yeah. And I had the CEO on, he's like, Neil, just, you know, move your shows over here. We'll, we'll, we'll do everything for free. And they had dynamic ad insertion before Buzzsprout. So the school of influence is actually hosted with Wishka. Whereas my own, my own maximize your social is with Buzzsprout. Um, so when Buzzsprout added that functionality, it's like, yeah, this is, this is, it, it is, I was going to say the exact same thing, game changer. So I'd, uh, and I know, I forget the guy's name. I've, I've heard him on other podcasts, the founder of Captivate, but, uh, I'm yeah. sure it must be on his radar. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark Asquith, um, from, I think it's from Scotland or Ireland. He's going to kill me for one of those two countries. Can't, can't distinguish the, 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 the accent, but, um, but yeah, for those listening, if you're interested in that, that's definitely a huge game changer. And and then more so around like how JLD used it to build a relationship, turn you know turn a a great friendship and a partnership into something better. Um, I think that's huge. And for those listening, like what I one thing I would do, and it's something I probably I want to actually test is being able to pre-record the intro for the person's show that you go on to. So for example, like if Neil were to say, "Hey, um, can I do a personal intro for this episode?" where he can talk a little bit about what he shared today and then also share the fact that he has two awesome podcasts for you guys to listen to as well. I'd be like, heck yeah, like just send me the, the file. My team will put it together and we'll get it out there. And now it's a pattern interrupt for those listening because they've never heard or know, don't really know who Neil is. They're going to listen in. Um, or they're going to figure out like, what, what am I going to click on the right podcast? So, but, yeah, that's really, but, you know, I started, I, I heard it on uh, Amy Woods. She has a show called Content 10X Podcast. And they specialize in repurposing, right? So great show. And she started doing these like teasers before the intro music. And she may have gotten that from Pat Flynn who probably got it from someone. I don't know, right? So I started doing that recently. And I could see replacing that teaser by letting the guest do a teaser would be a really, really cool thing. And you could do it as a pre-roll. So once you start using this dynamic pre-roll and post-roll, you now understand that in the you don't need to promote stuff you know, in your podcast your podcast stays without promotion. It's all done in a, in the pre post. Once you get that mindset, right. It's, it's totally powerful. And I love how you can do pre-rolls for each individual episode. So you could just take the guest teaser and upload it as the pre-roll as is for that episode. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. As more people jump into this, this is kind of turning more of a technology talk, but this is awesome. So as more companies start to do this stuff, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how people start to leverage podcasting and, and, and mixing it in with different things that they've got going on. Um, so Neil, uh, before leaving off here, I want to make sure before I ask you my last question, um, anything else we want to, you want to, uh, mention on that front around follow up, nurturing the relationships you've built in the podcast, um, whether it's using the technology we talked about or anything else. Yeah, I think that 
you, you know, unless you have a call to action, you don't realize the power of your podcast. Right. So I think we are like, Hey, please subscribe, write reviews. And, and that stuff is, is hard. Right. I mean, you, you got to remind people week in, week out and, and still you don't get that many. And that's just, that's just the numbers game. But I think it's when you have a, a product or a service. Now, those of you listening are probably like me. Um, it's like, Hey, you know, Hey, Neil, I'd love to work with you. Right. It's like, you can, you can read my blog, listen to my podcast. It's free. You can write a, you know, you can read my book, which is $25, or we get in the consulting, which obviously starts in, in, in the four figures and then five figures, what have you. So, you know, I recently created my own community. Now this could be a free community for your podcast, but I wanted to give, you know, listeners and people that wanted a little bit more of me and more handholding from me, the ability to be able to do that. So I'm actually in the process of launching a membership community and I'm labeling it a group coaching membership community, but really trying to bring people. And I see the podcast as being a major driver of this, but, but the blog as well and social media of bringing people into a place where I can nurture them. Maybe in the future, they'll become consulting clients, but at a minimum, you know, can I build a six figure, if not seven figure little, little business unit out of this community? If I can get 50, hundred, $150 a month, recurring revenue, 50 members, hundred members, 200 members. So this is my own little B2C product. That's my first B2C product, actually, that I'm really excited about. But even if you don't have a, a paid membership, having a place where you can build community with your listeners, I think is going to be a huge differentiator going forward. And it's not something you normally think of doing in marketing. Uh, many people have Facebook groups. Uh, for my paid community, I'm going to be using a platform called circle.so, which actually Pat Flynn uses for his pro uh, smart passive income community. And you could do free community uh, you know, using that platform as well, but, um, and you could use mighty networks as a few others, but that, that I think is another step in like nurturing, then your past guests, you can bring on into the community as experts. And there's a lot of different things you can do, but that, that is a missing. And it's, it's funny. I'm working with a Japanese enterprise client, you know, consulting, and I'm in charge of their entire B2B, you know, digital marketing strategy for, for the next fiscal year. And when I was doing research, like, you know, I, I forgot what the number was, but I think like 32% of B2B companies already have online communities. And this year, another like 18% plan to have an online. In other words, 50, you, we normally think of communities like B2C, right? Over 50% of B2B companies by the end of the year will have a community. Could be Facebook group, LinkedIn, whatever. So even though your space is B2B, I do believe that can be a really, really powerful asset to your business. That's sort of the last thing I wanted to throw out there. Definitely can attest to that. We've got some clients who have communities and B2B space in the four in the thousands of people. We nice. had a speaker last month who, um, by the name of Alex Quinn, a good friend of mine, who's got a marketing agency who has a free community and he has an app for it. And he drives this traffic from the Facebook, from the podcast to the free community. And then sometimes they become agency clients, course clients, one-on-one consulting, you name it. So it's been a, it's been a very, very, um, uh, successful model for the people I've seen work, work with it and, and really double down on it. So thank you for that. Um, Neil, before leaving off here and we let people know where they can find you and connect with you. Is there anything else I didn't ask you today that you feel like we should have covered? <laughs> um, you know, I started podcasting in 2013 as this like content marketing initiative. Right. And then I sort of stopped in 2016 and I published a few episodes here and there. And I really got back into it religiously in Q4 2019. And I got back into it for two reasons. Number one, I became a consumer of the medium. I never listened to other podcasts. And yet I was a podcaster. It, you're not going to be successful. You don't know what people, the experience they want when they, so 
you know, I'm assuming you're all podcast listeners. That's how you got into it. But if not, I, I can't, you know, I can't remind you of that importance. But the other thing is, man, you gotta, you gotta have a passion for it. Right. And you know what? We started talking about baseball. If baseball is your passion. That's a way to connect with people too. You know, business leaders talking about baseball. That's fine. Right. You can still meet your objectives, but if you're not passionate about recording and interviewing or whatever you're doing on a weekend, you know, week to week basis, that fire is going to die. So make sure whatever you're doing with podcasting, you're passionate about it. You don't become like I did. And I had to rekindle that. You know, I had to find my passion to, to get it going again to where I am now. But, um, and that's with any, you know, I talked about the ways to influence people through content creation. I mean, all of those, you shouldn't be doing them because you feel like, man, I got to do a podcast every week or every month. Um, you got to be passionate about it. And when you are, it gets easier. And more importantly, it gets funner and it's going to last longer and it's going to have more impact because people know you're having fun with it as well. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's one of our questions we ask clients when they first come on. It's like, well, hey, do you listen to podcasts? Some of them will say no. And some of them will say, I love podcasts and that's why I'm here. And I'm like, those people typically are more successful um, by far Um, just because they understand the medium. They know the medium. They love it already. So that's that's huge. Um, So, Neil, for people who want to know where to connect with you, where to find your podcasts, what the names of those podcasts are, where can they find it? I'll be in the show notes for people who are, want to scroll, swipe up on Apple Podcasts, but I want to make sure they hear it from you too. Oh, thank you. Well, the uh, I mean, my name is Neil Schaefer, and I decided a few years ago, I was just going to rebrand everything I do as, as my name, as the ultimate personal brand. So I'm the real Neil, N-E-A-L, and my last name is spelled S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. So neilschaefer.com, Neil Schaefer everywhere in social media. The book is called The Age of Influence. It's available everywhere as well. Um, the podcast, Maximize Your Social Influence, is my, my flagship podcast. And the one I recently began uh, with Amanda Russell, we're on our, like, we've done 11 or 12 episodes so far. It's called The School of Influence, slightly different approach to a similar, you know, leveraging influencers and in sort of digital and social media marketing. Uh, and uh, yeah, that community that I'm creating in neilschaefer.com slash membership. Uh, if that's, or you just want to check it out, if you're thinking of creating your own and, and looking at how I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, if anybody has any additional questions or, you know, um, feel free to reach out. I'd love to respond and help as many people as I can. My, my whole motto for the community is, you know, bringing innovative marketing to the masses. Um, I want to serve as many businesses as I can, regardless of business model. So if they can't afford my consulting, I want to be able to serve them in the community. I love that. I love that. I really appreciate that. Um, and we'll make sure everything again is in the show notes. And Neil, thanks so much for coming on. Um, we haven't connected or known each other very long, probably about an hour so now here. So, but I, I really, really appreciate and value everything you've been doing. Um, I've been a consumer and I've enjoyed your journey, man. Watching your journey. So, thanks I again for coming that. on Thank you. today. Appreciate it, man. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.